everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Melanade Scenes podcast. I'm Tiara, and I'm here to give it to you straight up, raw, no filter. Welcome, everyone, or ladies, to today's discussion. We are going to talk about race in the U.S. from the multiracial perspective. And so I'm curious to know if you two think uh, race is an issue in the U.S. Absolutely. Very much so. And I'm in the Midwest, so it's different. It's a different type of racism and um, profiling um, and prejudice. It's different. Yeah. Okay. So what is you guys' ethnic background? Um, My dad is black and Cherokee and my mother's all different types of whites. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Eddie? Um, my mom is black and Cherokee as well. And my dad is white, but I've been told that he has Indian as well. That's all I know, but I'm pretty sure we have other you know, ethnicities and running our bloodline. So Okay. And so from you guys' perspective, are mixed race people treated differently in the US? And also how is it different since both of you guys are half black? How is it different, or how do you guys see it different, or the same as how Black people are treated? Okay, so I see it different as, so I grew up in Missouri, where it's predominantly white, and I went to white school, so I think we are, for me, I'm looked at as Black, regardless from where I'm from, so I feel like it's just kind of hard for me to do a lot of things like even growing up in school it was like I can't do certain things because I was this type of color and then I could tell I get picked on a lot because I am of color and I've seen situations where um, my friends got treated differently than I because I had white friends of course so she got treated with special privileges and I couldn't do that, but she could, which I didn't think that was fair. I had this teacher as well. I used to write sloppy and then I started writing neat and my teacher, my teacher didn't like me at all. So she was like, um, Ebony, I know you didn't write this paper because you don't write like this. She said, I can compare your paper, this paper and this paper. And I was like, I wrote this paper. So the girl that was sitting next to me was my best friend and she was a white girl. So. She was like, um, I'm gonna ask Stacy and see, you know, if you actually wrote this paper. And I was like, okay, she'll tell you that I did because I did. And then next thing I know, Stacy was like, I told her that I wrote the paper. I said, why did you tell her I wrote the paper? So my teacher gave me a referral. And then she even she even called my mom. And then I later talked to Stacy that day at her house, and she said that the teacher was badgering her saying that I know Ebony didn't write this paper, you wrote it, blah, blah. And she was like, she just gave in. So I was like, wow. Until this day, I wrote that paper. Yeah. I've gotten treated differently. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, finish. I was just saying, saying I've gotten treated differently from being in Missouri my whole life, going to schools like that. So it was kind of hard. You know, it was just very hard, you know, going through all that. Um, I think that too, because I've been in West Seattle and Federal Way and Normandy Park 
and I was living in San Clemente in California, but also in Inglewood in California. And then my first year of college, I was in Iowa. I've been in Wisconsin several times, but I think you enter into this space where either for some people you're too black and for some people you're not black enough. So finding that common area, it's kind of hard because you have people or, you know, they'll tell you like you, you people only like you because you're light skin with green eyes and I'm like well, but you're also light skin and you have curly hair and like you have a, a nicer body so you're telling me basically I don't have any other qualities other side aside from like my physical attribution so that in itself is kind of difficult because then you have people that look like you that also dislike you because they think that you're pretty and then you have people that say oh well you you don't sound like you're black because you're too articulate or you don't act like you're black or so, or, Oh, you know, you, you act white or you act like you're, 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 your mom's white. So you're smart. You're, and it becomes this weird dynamic to where you're like, well, how am I supposed to identify? Because again, like regardless of where you go, regardless if somebody says you're too black or not black enough at the end of the day, you're still going to be black. When you walk, into a space people know like the first their first guess is oh they're probably white that's never gonna they're probably you're black and something but it's never like oh she's probably white and something else there's never that first train of thought so or again like I don't know what they're when I'm in India people think that I'm Indian when I was in Egypt people thought I was an Egyptian so you can also kind of blend you know what I mean my my ex's grandmother was like oh where's she from in Mexico he's like she she's not at all so you can kind of blend in but I think black people always know that somebody is black that's never a question you there's just this this intuition where you know that person's black but other people look at you and have to like force you to choose a side and I always choose a side of being black like at the end of the day I always said no matter what happens and you know my mom had her struggle growing up and, and having three three children that we're mixed but I always tell her at the end of the day like you're white if you don't have your children you're going to be treated like a white woman and I think that with being mixed when people say you're not black enough or you're light or your hair's curly or whatever it is they fail to acknowledge the fact that at the end of the day when people look at you initially or if they see your name like there's not a white girl named Ebony I'm sorry you know <laughs> it's like I have a capital in my name there's they're not going to be like Oh, well, that's probably different. At the end of the day, like when you have a white parent, they get to walk away from their child and still be a white individual. And mm -hmm. there's still that privilege. When I was going to school in federal aid, when I was at Totem, um, I had let somebody in my gym class use my inhaler. So then she was saying, oh, she's dizzy. Well, the gym teacher told the principal and I got suspended for drug charges. So my mom, my lovely white mother, uh, came up to the school and we had a black principal at the time. I, I don't think you were, you were still at Mark Twain, I think. Um, but so we had a, one black principal and I think our assistant principal is white and my mom went in there and she said no like this is what we're going to do like she's a straight A student she plays sports you can suspend her for that three days but just know at the end of the year when she has nothing else on her record that's going to be taken off and you're not going to tarnish that and I understand that privilege um and even as I've gotten older, I've used my light skin privilege as, as an advantage because I know that there's areas and there's spaces that I can navigate through easier than some people. And I can use that to help people the same way like my mom took advantage of that. But I think no matter what, like I said at the end of the day, like you're still gonna be a black woman and it's still gonna be a challenge and a question regardless of 
where you are and there's a weird curiosity that society has I think about people that are mixed um because they also don't know how to engage in that conversation or deal with that curiosity about what's really going on so I definitely think no matter where I've been in the world I've experienced it to a certain extent whether it's microaggression or undertones or things like that there's always something that you kind of pick up on no matter what you're doing so going off of that you guys remember the first time when you were a kid that someone maybe pointed out that you weren't the same as them, like if you had white friends or um also give me an example from both sides uh do you remember black family or black friends pointing out that you were different than them or white friends pointing out that you're not white but like you're also not I don't know like they don't know what you are because you look a little different than the black kids that they're used to seeing right so I can go so my mom never was like you know you're black or you're white she never taught me about that at all but I mean I obviously knew that I was different in a way but the first time I realized it on the white side was there was this little white boy that I liked in school. And I was like, we, we were on the verge of like boyfriend and girlfriend. So I was like, well, um, are we going to be boyfriend and girlfriend or not? Like, what's up? So finally he had told me, because it was like, because he kept telling me, oh, um, I, want, I want you to be my girlfriend. I want you to be my girlfriend. So I was like, okay you know, that's okay. So then we started going out. And then the next thing I know, he was like, oh, we're breaking up. And I was like, why? And he was like, because my mom said you're black and I can't date black girls. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I was like, how am I black? Because I didn't really, like for me, I was never taught that, you know, you're black, you're white. So I was like, well, how am I black? Because this is my black family and this is my white family. I never really knew that I was mixed, but you know, so I was like, I was really, really upset about that because, you know, I don't ever look at color as like, oh, I can't date you because you're this color. You know, I was really hurt about that. I never, I never even took that home to my mom because I was so hurt. I just wanted to just keep that to me. But that was the um, scenario with when I first found out that I was of color. And then on my, um, with the, my black side, I knew from jump, my cousins, oh, you white girl. White girl have white girls have curly hair, you got pretty skin. And I was like, seriously? Like my cousin Lavelle would always, always let me know on the Keisha, oh, you white girl, white girl. And that's what they would call me, white girl. And I'm like, if y'all stop calling me white girl, I'm not white. So this was like kind of after the boy told me he couldn't date me. So this, this is when every, I started realizing everything, like, are you serious? Like, this is crazy. So ever since then, I never really like, wanted to date white boys because of that. So I just never had an interest in white boys. But that was like, I even had um, some of my black friends down the road, and they would pick on me because I had curly hair. They would call out anything, oh, you got high waters, or, or I had, I even had single braids in one time and one of, one of my black friends slash cousins, you, she, uh, my hair was braided and she was like, I could tell where somebody stopped braiding and you rebraided. Who looks that hard? 
And I was like, well, at least my hair is braided. What was it, that? Because was, you're, you're, you're a half white, so you can't braid. And that's where the white and you started to come out in that braid? <laughs> Probably. But my mom started the braid and I just finished. So she was, she was showing, she actually touched my hair and showed me. And then um, there was other instances where, like, um, I was in Washington. I live in Washington State. Um, this Korean lady where I worked at the commissary, she was like, oh my gosh, you have beautiful hair. What do you mix with? And I was like, she touching my hair. I said, first of all, don't touch my hair, please. Thank you. And I let her know I mix with this and that. And she was like, well, how's your hair so like pretty? Like not, not nappy is what she's saying. And I was like, well, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> like the things that people say are crazy. Outrageous. Outrageous. Um. I I knew very young, and like I said, my mom's white. We were in West Seattle, but she, I don't remember her ever being like, oh, you guys are mixed. She never called us white. Like, we were always black. Her kids were black. Um, she would never let me straighten my hair. I always had my hair in curls and ringlets and braids. And my auntie Lana, I spent a lot of time with her, and she was black, and we had Grandma Mitzi. Like, her family was black. I was at the Baptist Church on Olive in the seat. Like, I was around black people all the time my godmom is black so i'd be with her family my godfather's black i'd be with his family um and most of my grandma's side of the family was in wisconsin so as far as our direct family it was me my mom my brother my sister my uncle my, my grandma that was the extent of like our, our white family realistically but when we lived in um west seattle um I was only five or six and our neighbor would blare this like just devil music, but he would yell like, I'm going to kill you fucking nigger. So I knew when I was very young that like I was black and like, I wouldn't walk on that side of the street because I was concerned. So I'm like, I knew then. And I remember like your first podcast here at one of the ladies talking about, Oh, they were on a bus ride and they were told don't get off the bus. And that's when she realized it. And I was listening to that. And I was like, I realized that when I was five, like, this is not, this is an issue. But for, for some people, it's going to be an issue. And to be that age, it, it became very clear for me. And my mom will say, well, you know, when you were really little, you were watching Malcolm X and you said you wanted to change your last name to X. And I said, if you can tell me why, like, I'll let you. But even when I was in middle school and she was going to school at um, Highline College, they had to sit in for Martin Luther King Day. And so, like, I went to that. So I've always kind of been more aware, especially more aware than my brother and sister, um and I have white friends but even now like I'm 30 and there's there's probably four white friends that I have and they've become family because at some point in my life there was a trauma that I experienced and I was like living with them or that was that situation but I, I mean I tell people too like if there comes a time when they have to choose they're not going to choose black people you know what I mean so regardless of how good of friends you are or you, you know oh well I have black kids or oh my cousin's black or oh no I work with black people at the end of the day it doesn't matter because there's still a difference so I knew when I was very young and it was that like you have people oh your hair's so nice what are you mixed with I know Ethiopians that have bomb fucking hair like bomb like and you know what I mean so and I I tell people I do have beautiful hair, but there's things that Tierra could do with her hair that I couldn't do. Alente could do with her hair that I could never fucking do. I couldn't, there's certain haircuts I can't have. Cause guess what? My shit's not going to stand up like that. There's certain things I can't do with my beautiful hair and certain styles I can't wear. And I can keep my hair braided for three weeks, 
but it's going to start to get a little loose. There's just certain things. So I like, I'm always, I'm offended by the hair comment and I have to correct people when they say my hair is beautiful or, Oh, your hair is so nice. Or, Oh, you know, if, if it was just one texture this way, there's a patch in the middle of my head that is 4C hair. Like, I don't like, there's certain, like, <laughs> so when people make comments like that, it's kind of like, okay, but other people that have different texture hair than me have more beautiful hair or, Oh, your, your skin is so nice. Okay. But if I have scars on my skin, guess what? You can see that if I got varicose veins, you can see that if, you know, so I try to correct people because as much as they try to glorify being light skin or whatever, I kind of have to tell them like, like stop, you know? And when, when I, ha when I'm with my friends, cause I'm like, you beautiful little chocolate melanated babies, like you perfectly complected little children, because I don't think that they're like darker complexed individuals, middle skin individuals. I don't think they're really acknowledged as much because historically how it goes. So when people do point out, my level of blackness, I personally try to correct them and say, no, listen, like there's people that are darker than me that have different hair than me that are much more beautiful. And it shouldn't have to be a matter of light skin and dark skin and those experiences, because even though they'll say like, oh, this is my white girl cousin, that in itself creates a trauma for you, mm -hmm. you know, and that's your family discriminating against you. That's your family, you know, instilling that that negativity and that hate to where it's like again who taught you to hate yourself who's teaching you to be ashamed of, of who you are and and what you look like and the qualities that you have and is it are they making fun of you because they wish that they could be like you or are they making fun of you because you don't look like them it, it's it's frustrating because when you get that from your family and you get that from your friends you get that from society and the media it it becomes taxing all the time and I think that you hear people say like, oh, well, you're light-skinned, you don't understand, or oh, you're light-skinned, so you have these privileges, but there's still a lot of hate tied behind it, and it's still, at the end of the day, a second-class situation when it comes to, to certain things, so. I don't have any mixed-race cousins, but I have cousins that are just as light as you guys, but they're Black, and... Mm -hmm. There was never comments from the brown skin side of the family toward the light skin ones. There's always light skin ones saying stuff to the dark skin ones. <laughs> so <laughs> them, their parent would be always having something to say about, yeah, this black ass something. I was just thinking like, do I have an example of what, something that I can pull uh, where I've heard maybe one of my parents saying it, the more darker skin side of the family saying something to our lighter skin um family members but it's always the black way like oh blackie or something like this but not anything to the light-skinned people but that's always i always struggle with that too though because like you'll have full black people that are lighter than me so do you tell them that they're not really black because you'll tell me i'm not black <laughs> so what do you tell somebody that has two black parents that's lighter than me or my color what like what do you say to them for people that could pass like what do you say to that? Oh, you're not really black because no, you're literally as black as it can get. You're just, you're not that dark. I don't, so I, I I'm always confused with that situation. Be like, Oh, you're not really black. Okay. Well, what do you tell the person who looks like me, but is really black? Like, how do you, what do you, like, what do you say? They might look the same thing we want to. It's a little different. Okay. So next question for you guys. Um, do either of you have an experience within school that you can recall with an educator? Like an educator was treating you differently because you were 
mixed race or because you weren't white or something. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Um, so I would say, um, so I had that teacher about the writing issue. She followed me to the next grade. So she already had an issue with me. I honestly don't know why she was on me. Like when I first met her, she was like my homeroom teacher. And then she moved up to middle school. So I was like, oh gosh. And then I ended up having her there as well. So she moved up a few grades and I was with her. And then she got all the teachers to gang up on me. So we had all had a, a meeting with my mom. And my mom was like, oh, they better not say nothing I don't like or you finna get a whooping. And I was like, oh my gosh, like these you they're lying. So my mom didn't understand like what, what was really going on until the meeting. So I think she had, so the teacher that didn't like me the most that followed me to the grades, she was the one doing most of the talking. You can tell she has some type of vendetta against me because she got all these other teachers, you know, to come in. So I'm like, okay, here we go. So we in this meeting and my mom was just like, so, uh, you know, I just want to know what we're here for. So she was just going on saying like, oh, Ebony's not doing this in class. Like she really wasn't saying what the real problem was because there wasn't a real problem. And so my mom was like, so why are we here today? Like, what is, what is the issue that Ebony is doing that we have this meeting? And she couldn't tell my mom. Couldn't tell my mom anything. So she was like, so we're basically here for you to tell me that Ebony's not doing this in class. And you brought all these teachers just to say, what? And nothing. So we, we left the meeting. And then my mom was like, you know, I just don't understand why she called called them all in there just to talk to me about you, about her class. But in her class, she would call on me. As soon as we get in there, she would have a math problem on the board. She would call on me. And I'm like, I don't have my hand raised. And she was like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, don't call on me if I ain't get my hand raised. <laughs> then uh, after that, my mom got me switched to a different team because she knew how they were. But the woman was giving me like referrals all the time. And she was like, not letting me go to like certain things that everybody else was doing like she she did not like me and i did not know why I, maybe i was too pretty for her i don't know but even even doing that having that situation in school like i've had teachers who like just picked on me in school like all the time but yeah that was like the main issue in school is just teachers calling me out or you know, you get blamed for stuff that you didn't do. But yeah, that's, that's about it. I don't really think I did um, because I was the opposite. I probably talked too much and I would shout out <laughs> answers without raising my hands. Um, and I was a good student, but I was also a, a year-round varsity athlete. So I know personally, if there was a teacher that did have an issue, I had, and I was rude, but if, if there was a teacher that did have an issue with me when, when teachers were talking, I'd have a different teacher come to me and say, hey, this is what the teacher said, and I don't see that side of you, so I don't really know what to think. And I'm like, Fuck. But I had a lot of teachers that would advocate for me, and then on top of that, I think if there ever was an issue, as soon as it got addressed and it, my mother was informed, it just got completely deaded because if she interjected, there was nothing else to discuss. There wasn't going to be, you know, 
let's have a meeting. My mom would say, we're not having a meeting. What is like, again, before you drag me here, what is there to discuss? Because it's not her grades. It's not her sports. She's not in trouble. So what do you need me to come to the school for? Like, what are we talking about? So I don't really think I had any teachers that did that, but again, I was always a lot more vocal and I knew that I kind of had that safety net to where if there was a problem and my mom stepped in, there wouldn't be a problem anymore. And then I did have the teachers and the coaches that would vouch for me. So if there was a teacher that was even trying to entertain a situation to come for me, other teachers would step in before that situation could even unfold. So I don't know if either of you have gone to college, but if you have, have you guys experienced racism on college? I know in some of the videos that I've done, people said that they didn't really experience racism like when they were younger, but once they went off to college, then it was like a whole new ball game of racism on college campuses. Um, when I did my freshman year of college in Iowa, um, we were in a really small town and I don't really think we, I have that many issues, but I know if we would go outside of the town, there was certain places that we shouldn't stop in because they did have clan meetings. And the girls that were in BSU that were older, they had stopped one time at a subway and basically got pushed out of town. They had people throwing food at their cars, um, cups at their cars, getting them to leave because they had active clansmen there. And I don't remember what, I don't remember what had started it, but, um, when I was at the college in Iowa, some of the students had hung a dummy um, over one of the banisters with a noose. Um, so again, like being in, in small towns, even where I'm at now, obviously it's not college, but I wrap my hair a lot and I was at the grocery store and the lady was like, did you learn how to do that where you came from? And I was like, nope. No just like wrapping my hair out the shower with a towel but like bitch where the thing, where the fuck you think I came from like what do you think I so that's what I'm saying like the level of just like ignorance I think in, in small places I, I can't even fault her there are some people where I'm like that's just blatantly disrespectful I've had people follow me in stores I've had people follow me in stores because they were hitting on me and I thought security thought I was stealing and my friends were like Chanel you're not picking up on that like what is what is going on so I think being out here sometimes there's just a level of of confusion for people because they don't know what to expect and they do have a curiosity so sometimes I don't know there's there's a fine line between like ignorance prejudice and racism and I think when you're in small towns with people who lack exposure um you have to be very sure of where those those lines are crossed so obviously somebody hanging a noose off of a banister that's blatant somebody being like did you learn how to do that where you came from they've probably never left this town of 700 people to know anything beyond what they see on you know national geographic so and i only did one year of college in iowa and then i went back to seattle but i don't I don't necessarily remember anything more blatant than than those couple of experiences when I was in Iowa and being back in Seattle. Not necessarily. Um, I had a teacher when I was in Chula Vista doing my medical assisting stuff, and she just disliked me. She would only sub, but I, I mean, I was taking a test, and somebody asked me a question, and I told him to tell ask the teacher, and she's like, "Give me your test. I'm tearing it up." And I said, "I literally just told them to ask you and not talk to me." She's like, "It doesn't matter. I'm failing." And I'm like, 
she always had an issue. She, and, and she wasn't even my teacher. She would just come into the class sometimes and have a problem with me giving answers or like not, like if somebody was talking to me, I'd be the problem. But again, that wasn't necessarily a small town. We were two exits from the border of Mexico to where I don't, I don't know what her issue was either, but with college, after I did my year in Iowa, I had came back. So get about it. Um, so fast forwarding into adulthood then, um, how does racism show up in you guys as, or just race, like people pointing out your race or staring or whatever, show up in your everyday lives then? Like Chanel, do people look at you weird because you have your hair tied up outside of the grocery store situation that you? Um, yeah, and that, that was when I moved here a few years ago, but um, I wrap my hair a lot. And just when I was, um, my boss and I had went to Walmart to get ammo. And I had my head wrapped and we were at the counter and there's um, the Walmart employee didn't see my boss. And so I was over by the counter and I was getting ready to try, try and press the button to call. And he's like, excuse me, like, do you need something? And then my boss turned around. He's like, oh, hi, can I help you? But when we left work and then after we went to the gun range and my boss is just like, do you see how people look at you? And I was like, yes, but you see how people look at me. So again this is where i say if you're not with me you get to be a white male or a white female or you get to be that individual but when you see me walking through a store and you see how people is it because i'm black or because you think i'm a terrorist which one is it either way you're looking at me for a specific reason and so i've, I've gotten used to it to where i don't it doesn't even i don't acknowledge it i know that there's always eyes on me regardless of what the situation is whether it's because you're pretty because you're black because your hair is big and curly because you look exotic whatever the case is so being out here especially i, I think i see it more often and so i, I kind of try to counteract that because I know there's so many stereotypes where like, oh, black people aren't going to tip or they're going to steal or they're loud or they're this mm -hmm. or they're that. And so I try to be on like the super opposite side of the spectrum to be like, let me show you that all black people aren't that way. Um, but when I was on, when I was in India, um, one of the doctors who was, um, he was living in San Francisco, but he had done his residency in Chicago. Um, and this was a couple years ago. So Obama was president and the bus had a flat tire. And he was like, um, he was like, well, you're white, you can change it. And I was like, first of all, I'm not white. And he's like, what do you mean you're not white? And I said, I am not white. And he was like, well, what are you? I'm black. He's like, well, you don't talk like you're black. You don't act like you're black. I said, the president of the United States of America is black. The first lady, the most educated first lady is black. So what does it mean to act black? and to talk black and he's like well you're, like your dad's black like afro and i said yeah i guess you could say that i mean he's like well you know you don't talk like yo 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 and i said okay here's the thing i said i'm college educated i said almost every single one of my friends has a master's a doctorate a bachelor's i said so whatever you see whatever you're seeing on tv whatever that is i said though i don't know those people because that's not who I surround myself by. I said, everybody that I know is educated. I said, my friends don't have 17 kids. They're married and have houses. So whatever this image of, oh, you don't act black, you don't talk black. I said, do you tell the president he's not black? Because he looks kind of black to me. So how are you going to tell me? So I, it, to have somebody who studied in Chicago, did the residency, lives in, in you know, 
San Francisco and then they're arguing with me about my blackness and how I don't say yo 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 and asked if my dad have an afro like I'm like are you freaking kidding me right now so I think like as an adult like I said I've become better at correcting people I if people are looking I just ignore it but when people say ignorant things I'm very quick to correct them because I'm not gonna play into that stereotype I just I don't understand and I try to explain to other people especially here other countries that level of exposure is what they see on tv so they do expect everybody to be when I was in Africa they had forget poetic justice and boys in the hood and men's society playing that's what they think we are you know so <laughs> as an adult there's this curiosity no matter where I am in the world. And so being in Wisconsin, you have people that say things like that, or they look at you funny, or they're expecting you to be stealing, or they don't know why you're in this store or in this town. So it's just like, it's, it's weird, but I'm, I'm comfortable enough with who I am to address those situations and correct individuals and their ignorance. Oh, and people, when they say like, oh, you know, you're so articulate, or I wouldn't have thought you were so well-traveled, or oh, you're so intelligent. And I want to, I, I don't always, depending on the professional situation, but I want to ask, like, do you think that because I'm, I'm black that I'm like, are you surprised that I'm articulate because I'm black? Do you say that to white people? Like, do you, do you say to other people like, oh, I'm surprised you're so well-traveled. Is that because I've traveled more than you? Is it because you think I'm in my 18 to 20s? What is the reason why you're surprised by the fact that I'm, I'm educated and well-traveled and articulate? Like, what is, do you say that to everybody? I got a question for you, Chanel. So since you look the way that you look and you choose to wrap your hair a lot, why do you actively choose to wrap your hair a lot when you know you could pass or kind of pass where people wouldn't know, other people who are not black would not know that you're black? Because I know there are mixed race people who would rather go along with the more white Eurocentric kind of look because they don't want to have to deal with the stuff that comes with being black. So I'm curious, why do you choose to wrap your hair or you know people are gonna stare at you while you wrap your hair, but you're like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm still about to wear this. <laughs> like I'm proud to be black. I love being black. Um I started wrapping my hair well for lots of reasons because even if my hair is not, I have really big curly hair and my hair is long. So there's no confusion. If I'm not black, then I'm I'm gonna be some type of Afro-Latina or Latina of some sort that's so for me regardless people are going to look at me a certain way um but I really embrace it on every level and I think that there's a lot of hardship but I, I tell people to like we came from greatness we have the inventors and the mathematicians and the scientists in Black Wall Street we had all these things before it was taken away from us so for me even if I could pass, I feel as though I'd be doing myself an injustice because I'm denying that success. And I think so many people focus on, oh, you know, black people are ghetto or in the slums or, you know, they're all wealth. There's all these negative stereotypes. And I think that by being who I am, um, I'm helping to offset that and to show people that that's not the true black excellence that's out there and I, and I I mean I'm I'm flagrant I have a whole section in my closet that's just nothing but blackness I'm I love my blackness went to sleep black woke up black melanated like <laughs> there's no question when I travel it's this is what I am and be aware because I think that by embracing it um and exploiting it you educate people in that sense so 
to, to not embrace it or to pass or to say, I'd rather take the easy route out. I think that's doing a lot of people an injustice. So I think that to, to try and just claim my white side, especially knowing that I've had to deal with injustices or my brother's been profiled and assaulted by the police. I, I think it's it's wrong to take the easy way out or to deny that because at the end of the day, you're denying all that greatness that came before you and everybody that did something to try and get you to this point. So to not embrace it, you're kind of just like, like disregarding everybody that had those problems and those hardships. Like my dad's been on the same block in the central district for 55, 65 years, but his mom's houses were all redlined and you could see on the deed, you know, they were dropping M-bombs, don't sell to these people. So I think even in that sense, you have to embrace it because there's so many people that don't and they believe that black people are not enough or black people are not intelligent or they cannot be successful. And I think the more that you really push that and show people that's not real, it also inspires other people. And I try to, like, I try not to have white friends for the simple fact that I don't want that to be my networking. Like I want to network people that look like me, had similar experiences as me, that were successful, understand that struggle, and that we can relate in that level of success of climbing the socioeconomic ladder and, and, and rebuilding everything that we have to continually rebuild because every 50 years we have to do a reset because there's people that don't like our success. So, I mean, no matter where I am in the world and what comes along with it, um, I kind of just embrace it and, and, and whatever happens, happens because at the end of the day, regardless of if I embrace it or deny it, I'm still black. And there's going to be somebody that um, is going to hate me for trying to pass, whether it's a black person that hates me for trying to pass or a white person that tries to hate me for pass. So no matter what I do, there's going to be hate that comes with it and there's going to be obstacles and, and turmoil. Um, but I'd rather rise to that occasion because I know that I can. And I know that we're strong-willed individuals and there's no reason not to, so. What about you, Ebony? So I would say out here in Spain, there's been a lot of like, what are you? My husband, he's, uh, he's full black, but he's lighter than me. And my daughter, she's fairly light and she has blue eyes and blonde hair. Her hair is curly as well, like mine. So like when we're out and about, we get like so many stares. It's like, it's so overwhelming because you know in the States it's like disrespectful or rude to be staring at people like that. They don't even say hello. They just, Spaniards just stare. Like, you know, when you're staring at a child, you want to say hello or you want to say hi, little girl, you know, something like that. But they'll just walk past, break their necks just to stare trying to figure out if I'm Spanish or we're all Spanish. But I mean, you could tell by the way we dress and by the way we look that we're not Spanish. So like that's a challenging thing with living out here. This woman at the hospital, uh, we was uh, getting Kaylani shot, that's my daughter. So she comes up to me, she's like, oh my gosh, she's speaking in Spanish to my daughter. They say que guapa all the time. And they ask her name and I was, or she asked me that I speak Spanish. And I was like, no, I know a little Spanish. And she's like, okay, but you're Spanish or you have some Spanish in you. And I'm like, no. And she was like, but you have to have Spanish in you. She said, you look Spanish. I was like, no, ma'am, I know Spanish here. And she was like, 
She was like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And then she was, she was looking and like, she was looking like in disbelief. Like, you have to have Spanish in you. You look Spanish. But we get that a lot in our family. We look like we're from all over the world. But I just couldn't believe that day. She was like, oh, yeah, you, oh, you're Spanish. You're trying to tell me what I am. I, I told her what I was. But she just didn't believe it. But as far as being in the U.S., I want to give this scenario. So uh, me and my husband were coming back from Florida. We were driving up through Georgia, South Carolina, and then North Carolina, because that's where we lived at the time. So we stopped in South Carolina, and um, I was going to the bathroom. I went into McDonald's. The bathroom is in the middle with doors, and then there's a um, gas station on the other side. So I have to walk through doors to get to the bathroom. So I'm going in, and this guy is behind me. He's dark skin guy, very, very dark skin. And I look behind me. This dude is so close to me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I stopped, and I was like, you know, you can go around. So you, if you in that type of rush, you need to be that close to me. You, you can go ahead and go around. So to go to the bathrooms, it was like, you know, if, if I scream, nobody can hear me. That's how far you got to walk down to the bathroom. So after I told this man he could go around, he cussed me out. He called me every name in the book. He called me white at that. So I don't know, you know, from different looking in on, you know, the melanated community. That's what I call them, black folks. Looking in from his perspective, he called me white, maybe because of my skin color, maybe because of my hair. But I kind of took offense to that. So I called my husband in because I'm not going to fight no dude. So since my husband came in, I went to the bathroom. So when he seen my husband, he was like, whoa. Because my husband, he's a big dude, like muscular. So he was like, so what happened? I was like, I just told him he can go around me because he was so close to me. I was uncomfortable. And then I was every name in the book. Yeah, that was, that's, that's about it. What, do you, what are your views on passing versus not? Um, I honestly don't like it because... As far as what God gave you, some people would wish they were your skin color. I, for instance, I know this this girl, she's black. She never liked the skin she was in from, you could tell from day one, like she didn't like her hair. She always wore weave and then her, the way she talked, she, she wasn't, she didn't want to talk like she was black because she made sure, you know, she, she wanted to pronounce everything correctly, which doesn't, nothing's wrong with that, but like, if you're black, you're black. There's nothing wrong with that. And I've, I've known so many people, like I have family members, um, what's that soap called where you uh, mix your skin lighter? It's like that, it starts with a U, or it's um, Umbai, or there's some soap that I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, I know you're yeah. talking I, I had um, girls that I knew that would wash up with that because they felt like they were too dark. And I'm like, if I could be that dark, we, we, we can trade because beautiful, black is beautiful. I love dark skin. And she would like bleach her, like they would use actual bleach to bleach their soap to get their skin lighter. And I'm like, you cannot be that far gone to where you do not like the skin that you're in. It's crazy. Like I, I, that, I noticed that when I was about, I want to say my freshman year in high school. And I was like, well, why, why are you, why? And I think it's passed down from the mothers not liking themselves and then they're passing it to their children. I don't like it because that's unacceptable to me. 
that's that's global though because i'm like i need to go tanning people are like why do you need to tan? I'm like because i need to be darker yeah i need to be dark as possible <laughs> but when you go to other countries i mean they have shelves and shelves of all these different types of lotions creams soaps flat out bleaches um to lighten i mean look at sammy sosa you know what i mean like you have people in the islands it's unfortunate and you look at them and you're like we know that you're not passing you just change your skin color like your features are very present <laughs> like, though on top of that it's like you're bleaching your skin but you look disgusting like you don't look good you look yeah. thick <laughs> like michael jackson he he was fine when he was dark what happened his daddy joe jackson happened when you <laughs> the hate the hate that just is instilled in i have to i love your hair it's beautiful i love your skin it's mm, you need more melanin and this is like you have to just like do that because again it is it's passed down from generations so yeah. you have people and it's like their moms their grandmas probably were telling their moms like oh you're too dark or your hair's too nappy or oh it's if you were lighter you'd be prettier that mm-hmm. if you were lighter you'd be prettier or oh you're pretty for a dark skin girl why do i have why does why does it have to be dark skin? why can't they just be pretty in in general right. like, why do you have to comment on somebody's hair and tell them well if it was a little bit if it was just you know one letter different it'd be nicer hair like you can't tell people that that's why yeah. i say you have to go back and say there's things that your skin can do that mine can't there's things that your yeah. hair can do that mine can't because the emphasis isn't put on there you're still just told well you should straighten your hair because you'd be prettier if your hair was straighter what is that supposed to mean why why 